the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. come with me as we get into our teaching uh we're rounding up the first part of this teaching and then maybe interject it from next week i'll introduce something new from next month in particular and then later on maybe in the course of the year we'll come back to the second part we are looking at titus chapter one okay so we are reading from the esv version paul a servant of god and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now look at the introduction very carefully. He says, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Ordinarily, you would find people saying, Paul, an apostle of Christ and a servant. The way he presented it is very, very important. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, we will come back to look at that. <laughs> He says, for the sake, somebody say, for the sake. For the sake of the faith of God's elect and then their knowledge of the truth, which are caused with godliness. Which are caused with what? Verse 2. In the hope of eternal life with God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. You should say hallelujah for God who never lies. Shout a better hallelujah. The Bible says it's of his mercies, it's of his constancy that we are not destroyed. God is constant. We keep on changing. Do you see that we keep on changing? Yes. We make commitments, we make vows, and every now and then, even when we are made solid vows, we are not able to keep them. Imagine God was changing the way we change. Imagine God was changing the way we change clothes. <laughs> I'm excited to know that God hasn't changed. How many of you are excited to know God hasn't changed? It's a blessing. The Bible said the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His faithfulness never comes to an end. When we say someone is faithful, it means he's constant. God's constancy is constant. Say God's constancy is constant. In fact, you can even call him a female name constant. Because God is super, super constant. I'm not communicating here. In the book of Malachi, I say, I'm the Lord, I change not. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now listen, if God ever changed, you and I will not be here. And as we grow into the nature of Christ, as we grow into the character of Christ, one of the things we need to manifest is the nature of God. Are you here with me? So the reason why God is constant is so we also learn and grow into that constant nature. Please stay with our main text so that we don't get distracted. In the hope of eternal life with God, who never lies, promised before the ages did what? Began. And at the proper time, manifested his word through the preaching. 
with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. May you be faithful to the job entrusted to you. There's a job of preaching that has been entrusted to us. May we distinguish ourselves as faithful. Then he said, to Titus, my true child, in our common faith, grace and peace from God and the Father and Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is why I left you, take note, this is why I left you in Crete. He's stating the reason why he's writing the letter. He said, this is the reason why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order. And appoint elders in every town as I directed you. He said, the main reason why I left you in Crete is so you will appoint elders. And then you will make sure that your functioning, the church is in order. That's why I left you there. And then he gave him a criteria to use, verse number 6. He said, if anyone, if you are looking for an elder, look at these characteristics. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, and his children are believers, and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. Verse 7, he says... For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. Receive grace to be above reproach. Amen. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain. Ask your neighbor, do you love money? Do you love money? Are, you Are you greedy? Are you able to tithe faithfully? To not the Pharisaic type, <laughs> but above the Pharisaic type. <laughs> but hospitality, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He said he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as he's taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to be able to rebuke those who contradict it. For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers, deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. Verse 11, they must be silenced. Since they have certain whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the Cretans, prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Very, very serious thing. <laughs> this testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them what? Sharply that they may be sound in the faith. They, they, they will be hygienic in the faith. Now, not devoting themselves to Jewish myth and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. Verse 15. To the pure, all things are But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But their minds and consciences are They profess to know God, but they deny him by their By their what? They are detestable, disobedient, and fit for any good work. May this never be describe you. I said, may this never describe you. Amen. All right, so we started looking at Titus chapter 1, verse 4. In fact, we are going through the whole book of Titus. Somebody said we are going through the book of Titus. Uh -huh. And it will take us, obviously, if it's taking us over two months just to look at verse 4, and it's not the entirety of verse 4, it's just one aspect of verse 4, you should know that it's going to take us a much longer time. I picked Titus because I felt that Titus was a short book and we could run through it. But it looks like it's not going to be easy at all. Amen? So Titus chapter 1 verse 4, he said to Titus, a true son in our common faith. We started by looking at Titus because he's a person the letter is written to. Okay? So if a letter is addressed to a particular person, you don't hand it over to another person. 
you give it to the person whose name is at the back titus name is on the letter so we want to find out who this titus was because most of the instructions paul is going to give will have to be taken in the context of the person in the context of the place in the context of the assignment he has been given to do that's why we need to know who titus is and Paul helps us to know one thing about Titus. There are many things we may not know about Titus. We don't know his father. We don't know his mother. In fact, scripture tells us that I think his father was a Greek or so. We looked at that at the early part. But we don't know his siblings. We don't know whether he had a degree or he didn't have a degree. Whether he was a carpenter before he came into ministry full time. Whatever. We don't have that credential. But there are a few things we do know about Titus. One of the facts is that he was a true son. Somebody say a true son. Paul tells us Titus was a true son in the faith. And we realize that it was not only Titus that Paul used the word true son to describe. There was another man by the name of Timothy. 1 Timothy 1 verse 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the command of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ our hope. To Timothy, a true son in... Oh, say it with me. A true son in the grace and mercy and peace from god our father and jesus christ our lord so paul talks about titus and he calls him a true son paul describes timothy and he says he's a true son so if you are looking at what makes or what sets titus apart as a true son i think it is also proper that we put timothy in the bracket and be able to unveil about their lives and if you go through the scripture, we see a few characteristics about them. We've touched on about 16 of them. In all so far, we have about 21 of them I've seen so far. Amen? Amen. We've touched on 16 of them so far. It's possible that by the time this thing becomes a full manuscript, it could be more. But for now, let's say we are considering 21. Somebody say 21. 21. Now, of the 21, we've done 16 so far and tonight i hope to run it up with the remainder five we said that among many things a true son is sendable somebody say a true son is sendable those are the earlier characteristics we looked at a true son among the various characteristics sendable a true son carries the same spirit works in the same steps and does the same things as his father and then number three we said a true son is a source of encouragement comfort and joy to the father and i pray that all of these things will be true of you amen. shout a believing amen. amen then he said a true son is like-minded or has a kindred spirit we said a true son cares sincerely and genuinely for god's people shares the same burden and concern for the church like his father does then we said a true son pursues the interest of Christ and the church about his own personal interests, ambitions, or goals. Ask your neighbor, what are you pursuing in life? Is it your own goals, ambitions, and interests? Please ask the person. Or you are passionately pursuing the interest of Christ? Yeah. What you pursue is a revelation of where your appetite and your interest lies. Number seven, we said a true son is proven and tested. Somebody say proven and tested. May you be proven and tested. And just like the past three weeks we've been looking at, pass the test. May we pass the test. Pass the money test. Pass the faithfulness in little things test. Pass the faithfulness in other people's things test. Receive grace to pass the test. 
You will not fail your test again. <laughs> Number eight, we said a true son serves with his father in the ministry. Ask your neighbor, where are you serving? Turn to your neighbor and say, get busy serving. It's a mark of a true son. Somebody is looking at me some way. Number 10, we said a true son is what? Faithful. A true son is what? May you be faithful. Number 11, a true son is a brother or a sister. May you be a true brother. The Bible said a friend loves at all times. A brother is born for adversity. And then we said a true son is a partner. Don't take your mind too far. It's a partner in the ministry. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, so a true son is a partner. And then a true son resembles his father. A true son resembles what? And then number 14, a true son learns from his father. Ask your neighbor, are you learning from your father? Are you learning to walk in love? Are you learning to forgive? Are you learning to be generous? Yeah, because Ephesians 5 1, it said, Be therefore imitators of me. In other words, just learn from me. That's all. Okay. And then number 15, a true son yields and submits his will to the will of his father. That's number 15. Number 16, a true son does what? A true son does what? And follows the instructions of his father. That's a true son. A true son receives and follows the instructions of his father. And we looked at that the past weeks. Tonight, we are looking at number 17. And number 17 is a true son is a fellow laborer or worker. Say a fellow laborer or worker. A true son is a fellow laborer or worker. May you be a true son. Can I hear believing? Amen. Amen. May you be a true son. May you become a fellow worker. May you become a fellow laborer. It's interesting. Paul describes Timothy and Titus with a number of adjectives. So one of them is that they are brothers. And then he also says they are partners. And then he says they are fellow workers. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our... Oh, our Timothy, our to the church of God that is where? To the church of God at Corinth. So he describes him as a brother. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. Let's look at that. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, a door was opened to me by the Lord. I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus my. Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I departed from Macedonia. So he describes them as brothers. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23. He said, as for Titus, he is my partner and fellow. He is my what? Partner and fellow worker. So he's a brother, he's a partner, and he's a fellow worker. He's a fellow worker. He wasn't a fellow member. He was a fellow worker. Ask your neighbor, what are you? A fellow member or a fellow worker? Yeah, 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 yeah. This thing is about work. Tell you, they say this is about work. Yeah, that's what it's about. 
That's what it's about. It's about work, 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 work. To be a Christian is to be a worker for the Lord. Receive grace to be a worker for the Lord. I said, receive grace to be a worker for the Lord. You see, anyone you work for, he will pay you. If you work for Convanoti, they pay you. If you work for Bank of Ghana, they pay you. If you work for Echo Bank, they pay you. Anywhere you work, they will pay you. If you work for God also, he also pays you. And the last time I checked, nobody gives better rewards than God. <laughs> the Bible said he's a rewarder of them who are serious with his work. And Jeremiah said, Cursed be the man that doeth the work of God deceitfully. So when we do the work of God genuinely, God is a rewarder. For everyone that is genuinely serving, genuinely working, may the Lord reward you. Amen. May God, who is a faithful rewarder, reward you. Amen. And even if you are not serving, because you are intending to serve from tonight, receive grace and enjoy your rewards. Amen. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Paul saw them as fellow workers. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. I've been saying in recent times that the vision for our church is to come to a place where everybody is actively working. Everybody's what? Actively yeah, in the next five years, if you are not actively working, you will not be comfortable in the church. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Yeah. You will just not be. You will just not be. You will just not be. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you will just not be. You will just not be. Because the blessing of God will be too obvious in the ones of faith who are seven. And you become too odd. Am I communicating here? You become too odd. Your life will be so ordinary that you would have to find a place and serve. Receive grace to serve. Amen. Look at this. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. Let's read verse 2 together. And send Timothy, our brother and minister of God, our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. It's important. This is very, very critical. He said, fellow laborer. Those terminologies are very, very important. He didn't say just working. Fellow laborer. That's how they saw themselves. Titus was not a fellow entertainment mate. Titus was not a fellow party mate. Titus was a fellow worker. Receive grace to be a fellow worker. Amen. I want you to appreciate that ministry is work from start to finish. Somebody say ministry is work from start to finish. It's work from start to finish. It's work from start to finish. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. This is a faithful saying. If you look at it carefully, Jesus never called anybody who was idle. Everybody Jesus called was busy. All the 12 people, they were busy people. God doesn't work with lazy people. Because he was not calling them to come and rest. He was calling them to come and work. Do you understand what I'm saying? He was not calling them to come and what? But to call them to come and work. If you look at them, they were constantly in motion. Jesus was moving 24-7. Read the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1, and you see him moving. And from this place he went there from, he was constantly in motion. In fact, rest was not so much on his itinerary. Until one day, they walked somewhere and said, come and let us rest for a while. Just one time. Only one time for the three and a half years. Of course, if you know your time is three and a half years, you cannot be sleeping like everybody else is doing. Am I communicating here? Work. 
Work. Work. Unfortunately, we have a generation of Christians who have learned to work well for Pharaoh, but they have not learned to work well for God. They work hard for Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a tax master. Pharaoh will load you, load you with a lot of work. And apart from Pharaoh loading that, sometimes some of us, the love of money will let us load ourselves even more. So that your whole system is occupied. Your whole life is filled with activities. And that activity is designed to serve your interests. There is no room for God. When we say we are going for outreach, you can't make time for it. Because you are too occupied. Your table is so loaded, you cannot have room for God. We have a prayer meeting, special prayer meeting. You cannot because that is the weekend. The weekend is the only time I have for myself. Then use it for God. I'm not communicating here. Monday to Friday, who did you use it for? You for yourself. And the weekend that you are supposed to make time to advance the cause of Christ, you say, that's the only time I have for myself. No wonder you are not seeing the best of God. There are people who are not even engaged as in being engaged. You are looking for a job. Instead of being busy for the Lord, they are idle. It's amazing. If somebody who is dutifully engaged makes himself available for outreach, and you, you are finished school, you don't have a job, you finish national service, you don't have a job, and we are calling for outreach, you are sitting at home. I don't know how you are thinking. I don't know how miracle job will open up for you like that. I'm not communicating here. Follow what I'm teaching very carefully. Carefully. There is nobody I will work for as much as I work for the Lord. I'm not communicating here. That's the mindset of a true Christian. A true Christian must make up his mind to work for the Lord. As, listen, to live for God is to work for God. You have to understand. To live, Paul said, for me to live is Christ, not for myself. Paul never lived for himself. He lived for Christ. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because when I die, I have the opportunity to rest from my work. That's why in the book of Revelation chapter 14, give me Revelation chapter 14 verse 13. That is one of my favorite scriptures. Revelation 14, 13. Give me the New Living Translation. Carly Crodose. He said, I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit of the Lord, that they are blessed indeed. Why are they blessed indeed? They are blessed indeed. For they will rest from their, from their hard work. Are you working hard for the Lord? Or you are working hard for yourself? Or you are not engaged at all? You can't be bothered at all. We have a generation, you go to work and you are tired. And because you are tired, you can't come for midweek service. You, what a shallow Christian you are. What a less committed Christian you are. Am I communicating here? You have to understand that this is about your destiny. It's about your spiritual future. And you cannot sacrifice it for anything. Some of you can work tired. And when they call you for another offer because some money will come, you don't know where the energy will come from. You don't know where the energy will come from. Am I preaching here tonight? He said that they may rest from their hard work. I mean, sometimes when you ask me, why didn't you come to church? I was tired. I say, hey, this one, this one, I was tired. I was occupied. What occupied you? Satan has really occupied you. He said that they may rest from their work. Their hard work. So for the Christian, the only time you are resting is when you die. That's the time you are supposed to rest. Not when you are alive. When you are alive, you are alive to work. Look at what Paul said. 
Hadigalo sendelebre diva hano Philippians chapter 1 verse 21 and 22. Zingalo kote kalibra deva lusahaya. The New Living Translation. For to me, living means living means living means living for Christ, not for self. <laughs> and dying is even please follow. Dying is even why is it better? But if I live, I can do more. I can do more fruitful work. You saw how he saw himself living. He lived to produce more fruitful work for the Lord. That was the reason for his assistance. You have to understand. We don't come to church to come and receive and go. We come to church to be equipped to work. Did you hear what I said? We come to church to be equipped to work for the Lord. We don't come to church to come and receive and go. That's not why we come to church. And for those who come to receive, they hardly receive anything meaningful. But those who come with the mind that they want to be equipped so that they will be fruitful for the Lord, God gives them much more. I have not been in church looking for things. That's not how I was raised. We don't come to church looking for... Those who look for breakthrough hardly get them. But those who look for God, they always get more than breakthrough. Those who look for God and seek to advance his kingdom. That's what Matthew says, 33 is all about. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and it's right. All other things will not be prayed for. All other things will not be desired. They will be added unto you. Come into the realm of additions. Receive grace to come into the realm of additions. Come to church and come work for the Lord. That's what is. I'm just talking about the fact that these guys saw church as work. Look, this is what Jesus said. I started by saying that ministry is work from start to what? Finish. First Timothy 3, 1. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires what? A good seat. He desires a good seat. He desires a good position. He desires a good show. He desires what? A good work. Jesus looked up the 2 verse 49. He said unto them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? He did not just see ministry as work. He saw it as business. He gave it a business-like approach. Business-like approach. He said in John chapter 9 verse 4, I must work the works of him while it is day. For the night comes when no man shall. I must work the work of him that sent me. I must quickly carry out the task. Assign me. I must work the work of him while it is day. The night is coming where no man can work. No wonder in the book of Mark he was jumping from one place to another. Because he knew that his time was limited. Constantly working. When you are being looked for, may you be found working for the Lord. May you be found working for the Lord. May you be found winning souls for the Lord. May you be found teaching people about Christ. Can somebody give me a believing amen? Amen. Give me a believing amen. Amen. In Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 to 38, Jesus walked into cities and villages. That is the New King James Version. Jesus walked into villages and cities and teaching. And teaching and teaching and teaching. When he came to verse 36, that is Matthew 9, 36, he saw the multitudes. The Bible said he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without shepherd. Now look at what he said. You see, I have talked to you that any time you read the Bible, don't just read what it is saying. Read what it's not saying. Every time the Bible says this, it also says that. If it says that husbands love your wives, He's also saying, husbands, don't hate your wife. Don't be bitter at your wife. Am I communicating here? Yeah, that's what he's saying. 
when he saw them, they were like sheep. Verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is what? Come on, talk to me. The harvest is what? But the laborers are what? He didn't say the members are few. He said the laborers are few. God is not looking for church members. God is looking for church laborers. May you be a church laborer. May you be a church laborer. Shout a believing amen. Amen. Now listen, you see, I was telling, I don't know who I was telling, but I was telling somebody, I think on Sunday or so, who was I telling? I'm just trying to get the persons. I was just telling him about what Reverend Ousutrako said when he visited us. The first statement he made, he said, it's better to be used by God than to be blessed by God. I like the hmm, hmm. <laughs> but I like it more when we work with the word. Am I communicating? He said it's better to be used. Anytime God used somebody or anything, that thing became blessed. Anything. If you use a donkey, the donkey became special donkey. The only donkey that was ever given red carpet treatment was the donkey Jesus sat on. Am I communicating here? There's nothing Jesus uses and it doesn't become special. When he uses your life, you'll be a special person. Am I communicating here? You'll be a special person. Everything about your life will be special. People will look at you and they say, Ah, tell it. It's your fork of Yeah. When we used to know him, tell it, something has changed. Nothing has changed. God is using you. Because when God is using you, he'll be polishing your life. Am I communicating you? I mean, when God uses you, he, f- he makes you fine. He makes you fine. He makes you fine. He makes you fine. He said, pray for laborers. Pray that the Lord will send laborers into his harvest. Church is not about getting members. Church is about making laborers. Somebody say laborers. Say laborers. Paul saw ministry as work. He said, I labored more abundantly than they, yet not I. By the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. I labored more abundantly than they, yet not I, but the grace of God which was upon me. May we receive grace to work. I said the church is what? An equipping center for work. Somebody say equipping center. That's what we are told. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. He said, he himself gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, teachers, for the equipping, 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work. Somebody say for the equipping. Say for the equipping. Yeah, so when you have a good pastor, what he does is that he equips you to work. Praise the Lord. Because on the day of judgment, God will not be asking you about accounts, about what happened at the hospital, about the business we are running. He's not coming to judge those matters. I'm not communicating here. What he's coming to judge is what you did about his course and his church in particular. What did you do for his kingdom on earth? How many souls did you impart through your life? Are you here with me? Paul used to talk about some people, but maybe I'll come back to look at them. Number 18, a true son is a minister of God. Someone say a minister of God. Who say, I'm a minister. minister. I minister life. Oh, say it aloud. I minister life. I minister Christ. I minister grace. I minister healing. I minister deliverance. I'm a minister. Yeah, that's who you are. A true son is a minister. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. You are a ministry and you are a minister. Somebody say, I'm a ministry, I'm a ministry. 
and I'm a minister. I'm not waiting for a call. I'm already called. I'm into serious ministry. Yeah. You are a minister. That's what the Bible says. He said, therefore, when we could no longer endure, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. Verse 2. He said, and we sent Timothy, our brother, a minister. Minister. Minister of God. Say, I'm a minister of God. A true son ministers to God and for the Lord. He ministers to God. A true son knows what it means to lift up his holy hands and all by himself is worshiping and ministering to the Lord. A true son knows what it means to minister to the Lord. One of the reasons why a lot of Christians are weak in our times is because we don't know how to minister to the Lord. You must learn to minister to the Lord. And it shows in our worship experiences when we come for worship services. And we are worshiping. A lot of people have not learned to minister to the Lord. Because you don't have a personal ministry to the Lord, when we come corporately, you are not able to flow. But when you know how to minister to the Lord, you won't sing too many songs and you are already in the flow. I'm not complicating here. But there are people, you can want them like gramophone. Nothing will change. Because they don't know. They don't know. Let us worship. They are standing. Let us sing. Like deaf and dumb. They just simply can't flow. They don't know what it means to minister to the Lord. The Bible says in Antioch, Acts chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, it said, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Syria, Mane, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and so as they ministered to the Lord. Look at that. As they what? As they did what? Ministered to the Lord and fasted. That's all they were doing. They were ministering to the Lord. Fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost and fasted. You see, there are secret things God is waiting to talk to you about. But he only can bring them to you when you minister to him. When you take time off to minister to him. When you know what it means to stay alone with the Holy Ghost. And for one hour you are praying in the spirit. I'm not complicating here. When you finish, the Spirit of God will bring divine thoughts and ideas into your heart, life. Are you here with me? Learn how to minister. Those of you who lead worship, you see, how much you are able to lead people into God's presence is a reflection of how much you know the presence. You see, you cannot introduce me to somebody you don't know very well. Your own life, you don't have time to personally worship. You say you are leading people in worship. You just pick one, two songs, and then you come and they say, you are not a living worshiper. Praise the Lord. But if you meet one who is genuinely sold out in worship, they don't sing too much. I've told people again and again, true worship is not in many songs. When the spirit is not there, that's when you sing too many songs. You just sing one song, and people are flowing. But when the spirit is not there, you can sing ten songs. You jump from them, because that is all that you are doing. But when the spirit is there, one song and everybody moves. I'm not complicating here. Learn to stay in this closer. Learn to stay in worship. Ministering to the Lord. Ministering to the Lord. You feel discouraged. You feel depressed. All of those things will be taken away when you spend time ministering to the Lord. The Bible says, I will take away the heaviness. And I will give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know depression is a spirit? Do you know it's a spirit? Yeah. There's no medication for depression. They will give you antidepressants and the pharmacies will get money. And your case will become more depressant. What the Holy Ghost gives us freely, people take drugs and they still can't get it because it's not there. 
there's a joy. The Bible said, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Am I communicating here? Joy, joy, joy. When you learn to stay in his presence, and you fellowship, and you minister to him, depressing goes. Why are you depressed? Because you lack perspective about the challenge you are going through. There is a perspective you lack. The perspective you have is the perspective of gloom and doom. But there is a perspective of brightness and hope. And when you stay in worship and fellowship, the Holy Ghost begins to open your eyes. He begins to make you see the things you have not seen. Am I communicating here? He brought the man Abraham out of the tent. He said, Abraham, the way you are talking, the way you are talking like there is no help is because of where you are. Come out of the tent. He said, lift up your eyes. When he saw, the Bible says he believed. Faith came alive and depression left him. There's nobody who can counsel you out of depression. Papa, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I know what we must do. But if I tell you, you do it. I'm not communicating here. What I'm telling you is what you need to do. Spend time. Wake up in the morning. And don't just be rushing to get cocoa. <laughs> Spend some time. Worship. And by the time you finish, your mind becomes sane. I'm not communicating here. A true son is a minister. He ministers to God and he ministers for God. A true son ministers for God. Somebody say a true son ministers for God. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5 to 6. Paul said, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believe. Be a minister through whom people are believing. May you be a minister through whom people are believing. Since you got born again, how many people have come to faith through you? How many people have come to believe through you? That is what shows your credibility as a minister. All of us have been gifted at the point of salvation with special gift for ministry. Somebody say, I've been gifted. First yeah. Peter chapter 4 verse 10, he said, as each of you has received. Can you see that? As each of you has received a gift. It's not that you will receive. It's not a promise. You already have it. As you have received, minister to one another. So the gift you have been given, the gift of smile, make it available. Because some people need it in order to relax. Am I communicating here? They have gone through so much in life that on a Sunday morning, the last thing they want to meet is an usher whose face is straight. Am I communicating here? They need a smiling Ben's usher so that their spirits become lightened. Say, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God has given us different graces. Different graces. And we need to minister to one another. Are you here with me? That's it. And don't just start and quit like a lot of people do. Many people don't get the best of ministering because they start and quit. They start and quit. They just sign up actively two months because Papa was preaching about service. The moment that series is over, ah, they've gone back to their listen. <laughs> you don't get the best out of it. Like what I'm teaching now. It can provoke you to sign up tomorrow. But in the next one month, be around. Yeah, because that's the only thing that got, if you are clapping, clap well. That's spiritual. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6 verse 7. He said, for God is not unrighteous unjust to forget your work. God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love. So we are talking about laboring for the Lord. Labor of love, which you have showed toward his name. Follow, follow. Which you have showed toward what? His name. In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. 
That's the key. You have ministered and you are still ministering. Not you have ministered and retired. There is no retirement package in the kingdom. I'm not communicating here. You don't serve and retire. You don't serve and retire. Because in the kingdom you saw a young man like Samuel serving and ministering to the law before Eli. Very young, very turned up young man serving. Because as soon as Samuel was born, he was donated to the Lord. So I don't know how he started it, but imagine Samuel baby, when he started the mother would dispense breast milk and carry Samuel and go and dump him in the temple. That's how Samuel grew from the temple. And he grew seven, 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 seven. If you go to the book of Luke, we find a woman who was 84 years old, seven. None of you here is 84 years old. So what makes you think that you can retire? There is no nation where 84-year-old people are allowed to work. But in the kingdom, 84-year-olds serve. Am I communicating? Nobody is supposed to retire because your retirement is at your point of death. You only go to rest when you die. Hey, blessed are those who die in the Lord, that they may rest from their labors. So as long as you have life, you must be working for the Lord. Receive grace to work for the Lord. Receive grace to labor for the Lord. So if you are young, energetic, and uh, youthful, and you are not working, as for you, I don't have a word to describe you. Young man who can't make time to serve. Young woman, particularly those who are single. Oh, when the Bible said the single cares for the things of God. That's all you're supposed to do. You give all your time to serve God. And while you are busy serving, God will bring a sweet man to you where you don't know. He'll bring it from strange place you don't know. May that be your testimony. I said, may that be your testimony. Number 19. A true son can be trusted in money matters. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, can you be trusted in money matters? Are you keeping God's tight in your account for him? Or you bring it to the temple where it belongs? Ask your neighbor, are you keeping God's tight for him? Or you bring it to the temple where it belongs? Yeah. I'm keeping it and I'll bring it at this station. <laughs> you are just not serious. The Bible said, bring all the tithe into my storehouse. Your house has become a storehouse. <laughs> you are not serious. <laughs> if you don't want to pay, say you don't want to pay. <laughs> Sorry? You're opening provision shop. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, can you be trusted in money matters? Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 16 to 24. He said, but thanks be to God who put this into the heart of Titus, the same earnest care I have for you. Now the context of this text is when they receive the offerings, okay? And then they are supposed to send the offering. It's not everybody in church who must count money. It's not everybody in church who must even see the church money. Because when they see it, something in them will come. They are not thieves originally, but when they see the church money, <laughs> he, the spirit of thieving will enter them. <laughs> customize temptation, you know. But this man was unique. <laughs> this man was unique. Titus was unique. They collected money and they wanted some people to travel with the money. 
And Titus was selected to be part of those people. They selected him to be part of those people. Well, they knew that Charlie, as for Titus, if he's with you, there's, you know, there are some people when you're handling money with them, then they'll be getting ideas. You love money, you're a thief. You are like Judas. And you end like Judas. Praise the Lord. Look at this. Titus was different. Titus is different. Yeah. I don't like people who don't tithe and who are not generous to handle church money. Anybody who is not generous can easily steal church money. Anybody who is not generous. Yeah. So when you are looking for people to count the money, check it. Check their tithe record. Check their first fruit record. If they are not consistent, keep them away from it. Yeah. And don't hand it over to somebody who is jobless. He can see the money. <laughs> Thanks be to God who put into the heart of Titus <laughs> the same NSK I have for you. <laughs> then he said, For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. Now look at verse 18. With him we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. May you be famous for preaching the gospel. And not only that, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel with us as we carry this act of grace, the money, that is being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our goodwill. Okay. We take this course so that no one should blame us about this generous gift that is being administered by us. Verse 21. For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of all men. That's how church money is supposed to be handled. Praise the Lord. That's why a pastor cannot be a sole signatory to church accounts. That's why a pastor cannot have an ATM card to church accounts. We opened an account to the bank some time back, and the guy asked me whether I wanted ATM. I said, is the account in my name? Yeah. Yeah, it's an account in my name. You see, sometimes eh, it's not that Satan tempts you. You tempt yourself. <laughs> now, now look at verse 22. 22. Look at it. said, and with them we are sending our brother whom we have often, look at this, we have often tested and found endless in many matters. That's the final person you hand money to. But who is even more endless than ever because of this great confidence in you? Verse number. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. Can somebody say an amen? Amen. Yeah. So you have to be faithful in money matters. The Bible said a bishop must not be greedy. A minister must not be greedy of gain. If you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, is that not what the Bible says? If you have not been faithful on unrighteous man, who shall commit to your trust true riches? That's where it starts from. Number 20 and 21. 20, a true son is not ashamed of his father. A true son is not what? Ashamed of his father. Oh, a true son is not ashamed of his father. 
a true son will not meet somebody and they ask you, do you know Pastor Fakwa? Yeah, I've been hearing his name on radio. When you are a member of a church. When you are a member of a church. Yeah. When you are a member of a church. A true son is not ashamed of his father. And most of the time, they will deny you because they want some one girl like that. Yeah. They want to take some Guinness. <laughs> so when you meet Peter, you arrest Peter by the say, I don't know Jesus. Because he wants to live, he doesn't want to die. A true son is not ashamed of his father. That's what Paul said. He said, So do not be ashamed. Look at this. Second Timothy 2 8. Do not be ashamed to tell people about our Lord Jesus. And do not be ashamed of me in prison for the Lord. Most of the time, we can brag and identify with our fathers when everything is fine. But when they are in prison, when they have a challenge, Ah, I don't know him. Oh. That pastor, fuck, I know. the way he has been talking, I've been suspecting him. <laughs> you remember of a church? Most leaders are usually abandoned when they have a crisis. Paul said, at my first answer, no man stood with me. All men forsook me. All men forsook me. That's why as a leader, your greatest strength is your relationship with God. It's not what people tell you. Your greatest strength must be in God. One day, David and his men went for war. And then when they came back, everything was in disarray. The men said, we are going to kill you. Ah, you killed David. Who has given you life? You killed David. Who gave you a shelter? You killed David. When these people who have been made soldiers came to David, you know their the state, they were in debt, they were discontented, they were being chased, they were poor. David raised them to become giants, soldiers. And when there was a crisis, they forgot everything. Are you the type who forgets because there's a crisis? Do you forget what a man has done for you because now he's in crisis? And instead of stretching, extending a hand of help, you are rather withdrawing. There are many people who are like that. They are with you as long as everything is fine. When there's a challenge, they are not there. Paul said, don't be ashamed of me. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 to 18. This you know that all those in Asia, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. This you know that all those in Asia have turned away from among whom are Phagelus and Hermogenes. May your name not be found among such people. You see, Paul, people turn against him and he named them. When people turn against me, may your name not be among those say a better amen. amen if you don't have an agenda to forsake me say a better amen. amen and if you have an agenda may God give you a change of heart Hermogenus and Fidelus he said while he's saying these guys he said the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus now he's not saying Onesiphorus he said his household Everybody in his house must be blessed. The Lord should have mercy on such people. For he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. He often refreshed me. Listen, <laughs> when you serve and you avail yourself to a stand with men of God, God has a way of covering you, not just you, but your entire lineage. He often, he said, the Lord have mercy. On his, you know, what I knew before now was the Lord have mercy on Onesiphorus. But he said, on his household, everybody connected. Everybody. Because, you see, when you are faithfully serving God, eh? <laughs> the sacrifices you make, it will affect your children. 
There are people who are conveniently serving God. When you are serving God for real, it will affect your children. Your children will feel it. Your relationship will feel it. Your wife must complain at some point. If you are a genuine minister of Christ. But this one that you are always seeking to make your wife happy. You are not a proper minister of Christ. Am I communicating here? And the woman who is always looking for attention, attention. They don't marry them to serve God with them. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Quality time. Quality time. What is quality time? Nobody says quality time is not good. Nobody says quality time is not good. But if that's all you think about, oh, we have to take a pleasure trip. Oh, be taking pleasure trips. If that's all you think about, you are yet to become a faithful minister. Am I communicating here? A true son joins his father in suffering and making great sacrifices for the gospel. Now come and teach on this again. A true son joins his father. Somebody say a true son joins his father. Uh-huh. To do what? In suffering and making for the gospel. And that's why in the name of Jesus, I pray that in October, because you defy the rain to be in God's presence, may God do for you something that you so desire and yet you have not even spoken to him about. May he blow your mind on the matter. In the mighty name of Jesus. The truth is that it rains a little, you can't come to church. Can you suffer a little for Christ? Can you suffer a little for Christ? Oh, my hair. I've just done my hair. It will be wet. <laughs> Look at 2 Timothy 1. He said, do not be Allah. So let's read it together as I close. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather do what? Join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. May you suffer for the gospel. Amen. I said, may you suffer for the gospel. Amen. Suffer. Suffer. So we're suffering for the gospel. It will cost you some. Sometimes you need a shoe. But we say we need a chair to start a church. And you give up that money for the chair. Am I communicating here? Suffer for the gospel. Suffer for the gospel. You can't make sacrifices for the gospel. You are not worthy to be called a faithful minister. Praise the Lord. He says, share with me. Paul was the one who was always preaching things that were taken to prison. But do you know Timothy followed him in prison? Timothy too entered prison. That's a faithful son. A faithful son will make the same sacrifices the father made. They are not just looking and clapping. We are giving. How many of us can give us 1,000 for the building project? Then Papa will get up. Then he'll be clapping. No, no, no. That's, that's not a faithful son. A proper son follows the father. Papa gives thousand, I'm giving five hundred. Papa gives thousand, I'm giving thousand five because you are working and getting more money than I have. <laughs> Am I communicating here? Yeah, yeah. That is a true son, not the one who is just watching. When we make you call for sacrifice, you are just there. That's not. Look at what the Bible says there. Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse twenty-three. This is Timothy. Notice that our brother Timothy has been released from where. When Paul is talking, most of the time he said, I, Paul, a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Timothy entered prison and came out because he was suffering with his father. Because he was suffering with his father. Now, you see, <laughs> on the day of judgment, eh, <laughs> you see that somebody, nobody knows much about Timothy. A lot of people don't know much about Timothy. But when God is rewarding uh, people who stood with Paul in the ministry, Timothy will feature big time. Am I communicating here? 
He'll fix a big time, big time. That is a surprising thing that will happen in heaven. For his law, a lot of people will be so surprised. The people who made huge sacrifices to advance. Many people want to enjoy the pleasures of ministry and the glories of ministry, but they are not ready to suffer for Christ. Romans 8, 16 to 17. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are. Who oh, talk? The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then? Then what? Uh huh. Now, when you think about being an heir of God, don't just think about the blessings of being an heir, but think about being a partaker of the sufferings of an heir. Because when we say, I'm the, uh, I'm the heir of the kingdom. Filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm born to... Then we sing that. That's all. But if you are an heir, you are also born to suffer for Christ. Am I communicating here? Suffer for Christ. Suffer for Christ. He says, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Who will be glorified with him? The one who suffer with him. So when you are preserving yourself, the Bible says, whosoever loves his life will lose it. Whosoever gives us his life... You see, there is no place for convenient Christianity. There is no place for somebody who doesn't want his, his skin to enter. The, no, 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 no. Curse be the man that doeth the work of God deceitfully. You are either in paying the price or you are out. He said, because you are lukewarm, you are neither hot or cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. May that not be your testimony. Amen. May you be a genuine son. Amen. May you be a true son. May you become a true and loyal son. Please stand on your feet and let's pray. Pray and say, Lord, let these 21 attributes manifest in my life. Open your mouth and speak to God. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died arose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. No, no.